glad you're joining us. Each day is filled with so many choices, and we're grateful you've chosen to make us a part of your day. My name's Angel, and I get the pleasure of kicking off a new series, Light of the World. When I think of the Christmas season, I think of a time it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. But for many people, it's complicated. It's a time of year that can be stressful, worried about money, unmet expectations, the feeling of the pain of absent loved ones. So what do we do when the magic and the wonder of the Christmas season feels nowhere to be seen? How do we reconnect with the reason for the season? Well, John is going to explore that with us today. I have a confession to make. I'm not a huge lover of Christmas. In fact, my family thinks me a bit of a Scrooge. But as I've gotten older, I try a little bit more. You know, just the other night, I took my wife Angel for a drive to do one of her favorite things, to listen to Christmas music and look at the Christmas lights because I married a girl who loves Christmas. And to her, this truly is the most wonderful time of the year. But for many people, that's not true. Because here's the thing at Christmas that makes it wonderful and sometimes kind of terrible. It's mostly wonderful, but the thing that creates the tension at Christmas is this. Christmas exaggerates all of the bad and at the same time points us to something incredible. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but not always because of what's happening, but because What's happening often at Christmas is we are reminded that there are problems that we can't solve, right? There are people we can't control, and there are expectations that we can't meet. And the truth is, if we pause long enough to look into the mirror, I'm the problem I can't solve, and I'm the person that I can't control, and I'm often the one who set the expectations that I can't and other people can't meet. So at Christmas, it really is the most wonderful time, but it's not wonderful because of what's happening. Christmas is wonderful because of what happened. Think about it like this. At Easter, as Christians, we celebrate a one-time event. But at Christmas, we celebrate a whole season where we look forward to an event that we believe set the course for changing everything, where God sent his son into the world to become the center of history. But more important for us, right, as Christ followers, Jesus came into the world to become the center of my life. And when Jesus becomes the center of our lives, it centers our lives on something stable, something hopeful, something that can give us a sense of purpose, a sense of calm, even though there are many things to fear. There's a sense that Christmas isn't the most wonderful time of the year because of who physically is with us or what physically is going on, but it's the most wonderful because at Christmas, we are reminded who is for us. And the darker that things get, and the more complicated that things get, and the more exaggerated it gets this time of year, but at the same time, you know, we can focus on the light of the world that came into this world to make an amazingly practical difference in our lives. Now, 
If you grew up in or around the church like me, you know that at the beginning of what we call the New Testament in the Bible, we find the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. And all four of these give an account of the birth of Jesus. But John's is very unique, and for many reasons. But the biggest is because John is writing his later on in life as a very old man. And when John sat down to write his gospel, it, it seems like, and I don't know this, but it seems like he was writing it down because he doesn't have a lot of time left. And he wants to make sure that the historical accounts that he knows gets passed along. Now, John is the person who reduced God to a single word. He's the one who made it as simple and as clear as he possibly could when he said that God is love. And that's amazing because of what John had seen and what he had experienced. He had experienced loss like most of us can't even comprehend. He'd lost friends, family. He's basically lost his whole society and culture. John was alive when Nero destroyed cities and slaughtered millions of Jewish people. John watched the temple being burnt to the ground. He lived through Caesar and Tiberius and, and all the terrible history that they created. Uh, by the time he wrote this, his friends Peter and Paul had been executed. And, and in fact, most of his friends had been killed. And through all that chaos and loss, John never lost faith. In fact, at the end of his gospel, here's what John wrote in John 20, verse 30. So Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. In other words, this is just a taste of what we experienced. Then he says this in, in the next verse, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Basically, he's saying, I don't want you to just be impressed or amazed at what I've seen. I want you to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, you can have life, not physical life. Everyone reading this has physical life. You can have a different kind of life in his name. In spite of what had happened in John's life, at the end of his life, with everything important to him destroyed and the loss of almost everyone who was important to him, John still believed that Jesus was the source of some kind of life that went way beyond physical life. So when he begins his gospel, he doesn't begin with the birth. He doesn't begin with shepherds. He doesn't begin with the manger. He doesn't begin with Egypt and Herod. He begins with the significance of the birth of Jesus. And just like the dark days we are living in now, just like this season in our lives when things can get so complicated and, and we're reminded of who's coming and, and who's not coming at Christmas, John, as he looks back over his life and looks back at the beginning of Jesus' life, was reminded that Jesus was born at a time when it was very dark. And before he gets into the narrative, and the details, here's what John wrote as he begins his gospel in John chapter 1, verse 4. He says, in him was life. In him, Jesus was life, not physical life. John's trying to put all of his life and experiences into perspective, and he summarizes all of that by saying, when I think about Jesus, the best way I can put it is that in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Now, this is a huge statement. 
The Jews thought what Jesus was going to do would be for their region, something for Israel. But as John looks back, thinking about it all, he sees and shares that what Jesus did wasn't just for the Jews, wasn't just for Israel, but he brought an element of life and a light that was for all mankind. And this is very significant because John was there when Jesus had risen from the dead. And everyone asked Jesus, so, you know, are you going to reestablish Israel as a kingdom now? But Jesus said, listen, the reason that you are here isn't about that. You're here to go into every single nation and share with every group of people what you have seen and what you've heard me say. You are to make disciples of all nations. This light isn't a Jewish light. This is a light for all mankind. Then John says this, and this is really awesome. In verses like four and five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not. And as he wrote this, he thought about all the darkness that he had witnessed. But in spite of all the terribleness I've seen, John would say, you know, the temple's gone. My friends are gone. The nation is destroyed. In spite of all that, this light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not. And I think he paused right there. And he thought about his next words because even though society and culture, the government of his day, all of the darkness had tried to snuff out this light, John says the darkness has not overcome it. John was perhaps the last apostle alive. And with a grin on his face, I see him writing in spite of everything, in spite of everything this world has tried to do to eradicate The light that is life. The darkness has not overwhelmed it. It hasn't put it out. Caesar couldn't do it. Tiberius couldn't do it. Nero couldn't do it. The destruction of the Jewish temple didn't do it. The death of Jesus didn't do it. And John knew that that didn't do it because John had looked in that empty tomb. John had breakfast with the risen Savior on the beach. John was absolutely convinced that no matter what happens in this life, and no matter what we face in this life, no matter how heavy the heartache, no matter how extreme the fear, no matter how deep the depression, there is a light that shines in the darkness. And there is no amount of darkness, no type of darkness, that can put it out. So at Christmas, when we are confronted with the fact that There are problems we can't solve, that you are a problem you can't solve, that you are a problem someone else is trying to solve. When we're confronted with the fact that there are people that we can't control, no matter how rational we are, no matter how many times we explain it, no matter how much we try to get them to be empathetic in their listening, there are people we just can't control, including us. And there are expectations that we are never going to meet. Just like we many times set the expectations that we can't meet, that we expect other people to meet. We are reminded in the midst of all of that darkness that Jesus is life and light who overcomes the dark. There is always hope. There is always a reason to believe. There is a God who hears us. There's a reason to wake up every day and take the next step because What makes this the most wonderful time of the year is not necessarily what's happening, but what happened when our Heavenly Father sent His Son 
into this world because in him, John says, in him was the life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Not then, not now, not ever.